0: You know, and so we are in this constant state of birth, death, rebirth, change, growth, and evolution. And our resistance to that is where we come into conflict and struggle and stress. Our ability to tune into that dynamic, fluid state of our body and our emotions is where we actually do find progress and growth and freedom, joy, and liberation.
1: Welcome, beautiful you, to Gel and Her Moon the podcast. My name is Jordan, and I invite you to join us as we connect, share our experience, and become one for a moment. From topics like self-worth, creativity, expression, intuition, and soul, to astrology, numerology, tarot, energetics, and more. And then the topics that are undefinable and ungraspable. Exploring what it means to be alive, to be rooted in both our divinity and humanness, and returning to the space where they are one. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Hello beautiful, welcome to episode 7 of Girl on Her Moon the podcast. It is Jordan here, and today we are having a beautiful and deeply informative conversation with Marissa Jane, exploring the nervous system and how it plays a role in lived spirituality. Marissa is incredibly knowledgeable and has so much wisdom to share. This episode is truly packed with so much valuable insight around emotional mastery, connecting with the messages of our body, intuition, and so much more. And just before we jump in, I want to make a truly, truly exciting announcement We have taken a huge step at Gel on her moon and now our beautiful astrologer Georgia is for the first time with us offering both live and recorded astrology readings. And so to celebrate this with us, you can use the code podcast for 15% off any of our astrology readings and to be one of the very first to explore your chart with Georgia. So pop onto our website, gillandhermoon.com, check out our readings, our astrology readings. We have quite a few different exciting options and avenues and perspectives to explore your chart within. Okay, so let's dive into this episode. I hope you enjoy it. I adore you and thank you so much for being a part of our journey. Hi, Marissa.
0: Hi. How are you? I'm so good. How That's are you? Really well, thank you. Thank you for having me on your amazing podcast. No, oh, it truly is a pleasure. I
1: I don't know if I've been a bit late to the party, but I've been seeing, I would say this year just the words nervous system healing and regulation and somatic healing everywhere. And so to get to have a conversation where we kind of strip things back and go to the beginning and Become more familiar with what it is that we're actually talking about is a true gift. So, thank you for sharing that with us.
0: Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to this conversation as well. It's going to be a beautiful journey, I think.
1: Yay. So, I wanted to start with just your journey as to how you got here. What's your relationship with this
0: kind of work and what excites you about it? Oh, wow. So much. (laughs) Um, Well, my background actually was in physical fitness and physical performance um so my studies started off in like exercise physiology and human movement and my career sort of traversed through from personal training to health and fitness and then worked with olympic athletes both in new zealand and australia for wow. a big portion of my career um in the physical preparation phases if you like and it was really interesting what i noticed was at the top level of sport, at the elite level, a lot of athletes were very similar and capable in their capacities at a physical level and it was what was going on between the ears, so to speak, that really determined game day, you know, performance mm. on game day, so to speak. And that piqued my interest in understanding more about human behaviour and psychology and that sort of stuff, which was many, many years ago now still working in sport. and. um mm yeah so just started I'm curious I'm an all like i'm I'm a lifelong learner, so started studying mm-hmm. coaching and human behavior and psychology, and that journey started to awaken me to my own inner world and awaken me mm-hmm. to my own upbringing um and and just my own behaviors, you know when I would feel um stressed and overwhelmed and why I might feel that way when others weren't so it, it really was like the, the, it wasn't such a one pivotal moment, but it was a time in my history that really started to turn my perspective from outwards and curious about people and well being and performance and getting the best out of them to starting to reflect inwards. Um, and of mm. course, when we go on the inward journey, we discover a whole lot of things that we may not have known were there. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and so that in itself, sort of brought up some different things for me around my childhood and what I was Mm -hmm. conditioned to believe was normal and it was normal for for us because that's how we experienced it, right? That was our lived experience, Mm -hmm. so that was normal. Um, And thankfully for me, I didn't have a a violent or an abusive childhood, but um, some of the wounding that I experienced during childhood was more around emotional neglect, various reasons which in itself is now I've done this work is um it's a bit of an it's the invisible wounding if you like or the invisible trauma um and so a lot of people don't recognize that they're holding these things because they don't have memories of what happened to them it was more about needs that were not met and so yeah as I uncovered all of this I started to notice different Physiological reactions and responses within my body. I would go to, um, I remember the day I decided to leave my job, um, I turned up to work and my body was shaking. I felt sick and I just wanted to start crying. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? This is like a really privileged <laughs> position. I've worked really hard for this. What is going on? It was like this disconnect between my body was saying something and my mind was saying something else. And so that started more. Inquiry and more research into like not so much just psychology but what's going on in our biology that is affected and, mm. and influenced by our thoughts and our feelings and our our psyche so to speak um, and so that took me down a rabbit hole of understanding the nervous system better like my background um, in exercise science and exercise physiology gave me a really good handle on anatomy and physiology and biology so it wasn't a new language I was learning um, and so it all really resonated well and started to everything started to line up as I, I began my business you know because I was looking at the body and the nervous system and mm-hmm. understanding human behavior and psychology and all of the all of the things that really made me curious and for me are really juicy um just started to come together in this beautiful whole container and I was like, okay, this is great. So yeah, I mean to short shorten that answer now that I've given you the long version of it, it really was my <laughs> own stuff um, that I wanted yeah. to know more about so I could reclaim that sense of agency and autonomy over my feelings, my emotions, and ultimately my decisions and my actions. So yeah. And here I am, I don't know how many years later, seven, eight years later in business. Oh. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, teaching people a little bit about the nervous system from a biology perspective, but also how our emotions are almost like the language that our nervous system talks to us through to our mind. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I love that. That's so
1: great. So if we were to start from the beginning, one, what is somatic healing? And two, what is the nervous system in the most kind of basic way for us to metabolize and understand
0: yeah for sure well then the nervous system like as you said it's really popular um mm. language that we use now right but a lot of what we what we see and hear around nervous system regulation pertains to one part of the nervous system so our nervous system includes our brain um interestingly enough our eyes are actually, actually parts of our brain they're extra the only extracranial brain matter So our eyes literally are the window to inside of us and our our psyche and our soul. Um, Wow. Our nervous system is our brain, the central nervous system, which is all the actual nerves that run down our spinal cord, and then that branches off into the peripheral nervous system. And in the peripheral nervous system we have, like, the autonomic nervous system, which is the part that is basically operating without us having to control it. So... It regulates our breathing, our heart rate, temperature, metabolism, those sorts of things. The other part of it is the somatic nervous system, and that is parts of the nerves that go out into our peripheries um, and into our sensory organs. And basically the nervous system is sending and receiving information from within our body to our mind and back again or to our brain and back again, and also from our environment to our brain and back again. So we're in this constant state of communication, if you like, through this information superhighway. We're we're highly complex organisms and the nervous system is highly complex, but they're the basic parts, right? Brain, um, spinal cord, nerves, the autonomic part, which is Things that we don't have to think about, <laughs> which is great, because mm. if we get to think about making <laughs> our heartbeat every every moment, like that would yeah. be a bit overwhelming. Um, and then the sensory system, you know, and also from the somatic space, how we move. So how we move, how we sense and feel, um, and how we interpret that information and send it back to the brain, so to speak. So that's that's the nervous system, and, and when we talk about nervous system regulation. What we're talking about is teaching and resourcing our nervous system to be as healthy as it can be to work optimally. And so, our nervous system is innately designed with the intelligence to regulate ourselves or regulate itself. We're constantly looking for this state of well being or what we call homeostasis. Um, And so, with life being extra stressful (laughs) at the moment, um, sometimes, and, and there's quite There's quite a high percentage of people that have what is termed nervous system uh, dysregulation, which means our nervous system struggles to come back into that rest and balanced state, and so that's that's part of the work we do. And with the somatic healing side of it, what we do is we use a bottom up approach, which is basically accessing the felt sense of the body, and movement of the body, and resourcing ourselves with being able to feel into the physical sensations, use a thing called interoception, which is basically being able to sense and feel the internal parts of our body as well as be able to re-resource ourselves with different kinds of movements that may have been arrested or impacted or taken away from us in traumatic experiences. So somatic healing works at the, from a bottom-up approach um, and it's, it's really important because it's a huge part of who we are, right? um like psychotherapy and cognitive therapies work from a top-down approach it's thought-based um which is all absolutely necessary and relevant as well we need both because we are both Mm -hmm. we're we're whole humans so somatic healing really there's so many different types of somatic healing but somatic healing really is based on what is going on in the body and helping us re connect with our body, ground and anchor back into our body to feel Mm. safe so our nervous system can be in that safe, you know, homeostasis, alert but not too alert, can rest when it needs to rest but not fall into a state of complete shutdown so it's that nice balanced space. And so they link together, you know, the, the nervous system and somatic healing work together.
1: So when, when we see a lot of mention about the nervous system in the more spiritual and um, holistic healing space, what are we speaking to there?
0: Yeah, so I think that's a really great question because I think different people are speaking to different things. Um, when we talk about nervous system regulation, what we're talking about is working with parts of us that we can access through conscious thinking and practicing like conscious practices like breath work, for example, or meditation to help tap into the part of our nervous system, that autonomic nervous system that usually operates on its own accord. So we know, for example, um, with breath work, we can help change whether the nervous system is in a fight or flight state. And we can down-regulate that or calm the nervous system down, or we can use more intense breath work practices, for example, to move the nervous system from a very shut down state into a more mm. open and connected and an and alive state um, or, or an excited state, even if you were having to go and run a race or you know get something done for <laughs> work. So um, most people I think are talking to that small part of the nerve or that part of the nervous system, which is under the mm-hmm. peripheral nervous system, which is the autonomic space. Um, and I, I think it's really important to understand that there's so much else going on as well. Um, it's it's something that when I when I'm working with clients, for example, I'm very mindful that people are aware of this language and need to know that working with the nervous system is not the silver bullet. we're we're complex Mm -hmm. organisms sometimes looking for that that special silver bullet um but -hmm. what I will say is it is a huge part of our healing our well-being and also our performance and I believe the more in tune we can become with our body as a whole and our whole our whole beingness um the better we're going to be right
1: yeah for sure yeah and and so how does this show up in your work when you're cuz you're in coaching you're in the somatic space nervous system you're kind of coming from a few different approaches how does this all tie together and how does it show up when you're working with someone
0: yeah so i work as my, my title is an integrative coach um so i operate based on a top down and a bottom up model so i use the cognitive the talk processing the thoughts, the mindset, as well as helping people connect in with their felt senses and work with their body, understand their body um, and re-resource themselves, whether it's through movement or changes in um, sleeping patterns, for example. All of these things contribute to healing the nervous system, which has a big impact on healing our emotional and psychological wellbeing and vice versa. The the better we think, the better we feel, the better our nervous system is. So there's this constant communication between mind and body. It's the mind-body connection. And so integrating Mm it um, based on each individual is complex, but it's also very necessary because some people need more work in the mental space. Some people need more work in the physical space. Um, Having the nervous system as a as a foundation to the work is I do what I call nervous system mapping. So it's basically a process where I'm helping people understand how their nervous system's communicating to them. You know, whether that's through body sensations like tension, tightness, that sort of stuff, um, whether it's through their breath, whether it's through um, emotional states, often it will show up, people will show up or present with things like exhaustion um non-clinical anxiety which is really mm-hmm. common at the moment um we're coming out of obviously a two and a bit year pandemic um which has had an impact on everyone even if they feel like it's not been that bad um our, our brain and our nervous system are not designed to cruise through so much uncertainty unscathed so <laughs> to speak <laughs> um so exhaustion fatigue Uh, gastrointestinal issues emotional dysregulation meaning people feel like they're either really sensitive or unable to regulate and control their emotions um which then those those personal things can then follow through and flow through into um, motivation work environments Mm -hmm. relationship conflicts those sorts of things so where people pick it up is really based on their sense of awareness. So some people are picking it up at the relationship level. It's about taking them inwards to go all right. What's going on within you? Um, some people mm-hmm. might be picking it up saying, all right. All of a sudden, I've got these, um, you know, gastrointestinal issues, or I'm not sleeping well. Um, I can't concentrate. All of these things are indicators that perhaps. The regulation part of your innate intelligence is a little bit out of whack or there's too much load on it for it to be able to really regulate and come into that rested more open more connected and anchored state by itself which is it you know ultimately that's what we're designed to be able to do but our lifestyle is such that it really challenges us to be able to do that um naturally now without having interventions like coaching or therapy breath work meditation spiritual practices um you know all of these things now are becoming less of a luxury and more of a necessity yeah
1: definitely (laughs) yeah definitely yeah um so you mentioned a few of the ways that the the sense of like dysregulation of the nervous system can show up in our lived experience and I think that's so great because reality is our greatest teacher it's our greatest mirror right So it's true. consistently you know we like you said we search for the silver bullet everywhere what's this answer to this question or what's happening over there but really if we just step back and look at the literally what's going on in our life our relationships our health our jobs everything they're all a mirror to some of our greatest internal teachings, I think, and they can really mirror what's happening inside of the body. Um, so we were talking, I think about a week ago, and you were mentioning a lot about the lived experience, which I love because this is, this it, it encompasses all of it, right? Yeah. Yep. It's about creating that sense of harmony, peace, fulfillment, joy, presence in the lived experience um yeah. I don't have a specific question but I'd love for you to just yeah. explore this.
0: yeah I almost feel like if there was a silver bullet this would be it right yeah. <laughs> um, it's what it's what ancient teachers have spoken to for ages about being present and grounded yeah. and aware um yeah it's so some of the work I do is um based off a psychologist psychiatrist um called carl rogers carl rogers and he talks about Mm. the humanistic experience and the lived experience and um it's great because really often especially in our current reality life is busy right often we're living Mm. with thought into the future we're projecting into the future and often not in a a visualization, goal setting, um, manifesting—kind of way. Often, it's in fear of the future, worried about future problems that haven't happened yet. Um, which you know, these are these are some of the things that can exacerbate non-clinical anxiousness, right? So often, we're living into that future of what if, like, what's going to happen? Trying to predict a future, or we're ruminating on the past you know, we're stuck in a place where the past either looked better than it was or Mm. we're we're (laughs) trying, do you know what I mean? Like we have those rose-coloured glasses on going, but it was so Mm -hmm. wonderful, just take me back to that time. But the reality Mm -hmm. of both of those places is they're projections of our thoughts, right? And when we were in the past, my question usually is, were you present when you were in the past? (laughs) Were you aware of that lived experience? And really the nervous system, our nervous system and our brain is currently, like it, it lives in the present. But what happens is if we have, say we've had a traumatic experience in the past, if we remember that traumatic experience, the brain and the nervous system doesn't have a reference point to whether that's happening right now. Or whether that is a memory. So, if we've got, you know, say a week ago, let's make it not too traumatic, but say a week ago, we lost $50 and, you know, we really (laughs) needed that $50 and it was a bit stressful and we were a bit, you know, whatever came up about it, we might have regretted it or we might have blamed ourselves or whatever might have happened. The week goes by and life happens and we come back to today and then we have that memory. And our body goes into that same state that was in a week ago when it lost the $50. And so what we do then is essentially we time travel, right? We've time travelled into the past. So while we're spending time worrying about that thing that happened a week ago, there might be beautiful, amazing things happening in our life right now in front of us, but we're not in that present moment lived experience to actually receive and engage in them. And so this is really the part of the human condition, isn't it, is really about coming back into present and starting to work with our body, our emotions, our mind and our our energy systems, our our soul, if you like, our spirit, to actually experience being grounded and anchored right here and right now, understanding and experiencing everything that's going on in our peripheries and internally as well. You know, and that from that place, it's safe. From that place, our nervous system deems us to be safe. Because if we really thought about it, I mean, you and I, I'm not sure where your listeners are right now, but you and I are in our own separate spaces. You know, there's, if we looked around our environment, there's nothing dangerous in our environment. Mm -hmm. You know, we're warm, we've got a roof over our head, like everything's safe. We're here it would be quite easy for either one of us to flick into a worry about the future or a stress about the past and our nervous system would deem that unsafe. And so the lived experience right here and now is what really matters is because we're not only experiencing it, we're learning from it, we're growing from it, and we have, I, I sort of liken it to spices You know, the lived experiences Mm. when all of our senses are on board and operating and that's the juiciness, that's the spiciness. You know, we can see all of the colours, we can feel all of the sensations, we can smell the smells and hear the sounds and, you know, Mm. everything comes alive right now and also possibility is endless when we're in this present lived experience. You know, and I think it's like it's if we if you were to look at a, for a silver bullet, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, presence, presence, yeah. And I mean, you know, the caveat to that is ensuring that you are in a safe space, right? That you're not yeah. in the middle of a war torn country or um, in a a violent situation and things like that. It's not about deluding ourselves that all spaces and all lived experiences are beautiful, um, but it is about being able to recognise what's happening in your lived experience if there is actually a threat or a danger so you can move away from it to keep yourself safe. And do you think that,
1: sorry to cut you off, um, do you think that when we are more regulated within our bodies that there is a greater sense of safety um, or a sense of safety being able to go into different environments? Whereas, you know, previously I only, I could, maybe I only felt safe in my home or if I go to a shopping centre, I would freak out. Just as an example, is there, it feels almost like the body can be the anchor for safety that you can take into different environments. And I'm not talking about extreme environments, Mm. just to make that clear, but there's a sense of safety that can come within that we can take everywhere we go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It can. It can. Um, you know, and there's two parts of that. One is the more grounded and anchored we are into our body, the more resources that we have to be able to adapt to new situations. So, our nervous system is not designed to always be regulated. It's actually designed like our brain and our nervous system are purely designed to keep us alive. Our heart, our soul, our consciousness is designed for us to enjoy being alive Um, so we don't want to we don't want to take away the resources that the nervous system has and needs you know we need to be able to be okay with going into an unfamiliar environment and being able to manage and hold space for ourselves when we feel a little bit uneasy or anxious in a new environment and that is building our capacity it's called a window of tolerance essentially um, and it's basically about building our capacity to be a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit in the in the fight or flight or in the anxious state or in the more reserved and quiet shutdown state in a healthy way that it doesn't go to the extremes and be dysregulated and we need to be in our body to be able to sense and understand that experience number one and also to be able to soothe ourselves through it so for someone who might be um overwhelmed by a lot of people going into a supermarket it's about building the capacity within your nervous system to say okay this feeling of this uncomfortable feeling of nervousness is actually safe it's okay it's my nervous system talking to me saying this is a new environment that you might need to just have a pay a little bit more attention in So what we're not doing there is making the nervous system the villain of being dysregulated. It's actually doing exactly what it's supposed to do and it's our job to build capacity to go, okay, I'm going to be a little bit more alert in this new environment and I'm also going to use the techniques and tools that I can access like my breath, like my felt sense, like feeling my feet on the floor or feeling, you know, my nice woolly jacket against my skin to keep me in this, you know, safe zone as I navigate this new environment. So that's that's capacity, right? And we can only do that when we're in a really deeply intimate relationship with our body. You know, when we can tell all of a sudden that we're feeling a bit nervous or a bit tense. Or, you know, for some people it might be really subtle things like just their jaw tightens. You know, for other people they might feel their posture change. Um, other people might get that, you know, that sick feeling in their stomachs. It's these teeny tiny little sensory experiences that give us this feedback and then we can start this beautiful communication with our body and our mind, if you like, to um, help us in those situations. Now, there is safety in the body. There's definitely safety in in the physical body. And grounding and anchoring into the physical body is very healing. The caveat to that is people who have experienced trauma, especially mm. physical or sexual trauma, um, but other sorts of traumas as well, and also unprocessed emotional content that may be uncomfortable, painful, etc. Because unprocessed information that comes through with through emotions, for example. Um, can get what you know they call it stored in the body but really I mean there's layers to how that works but essentially for some people their body wasn't safe at a particular point in time yeah. and so they learnt in that moment or those moments to disassociate or disconnect from their body which is why a lot of people will feel like they're in their head or they're out here somewhere and they're not grounded in their body. So, coming home to the body is really important for people to heal. It will need to be a process for people who don't feel safe yeah. in their body. So yeah. to answer your question: Yes, the body anchoring and grounding into the body is so nourishing and such a safe space to be. Should the conditions support that, and should the process of getting people back into their body be one that's really effective in treating any unprocessed information that needs to be processed and they're not coming back into their body and further activating any trauma loops and those sorts of things
1: so you obviously
0: we're going in this direction so can we just have a look
1: at what is trauma and there's probably a million layers to this (laughs) but just from where we're coming from right now how what is trauma
0: yeah at a at a very um level trauma is essentially for if we're talking about the nervous system trauma is essentially Mm. when our organism our whole organism our nervous system our psyche our soul experiences information that's too overwhelming for it to process properly meaning there's either too much information coming in could be pain it could be um disturbance like you know physical abuse it could be um, hearing information like secondary trauma could be seeing overwhelming stimulus. So, whenever there's too much trauma that come, or too much information, sorry, that comes in either too fast, um, too intensely, or it's it's way out of our ability to understand it, trauma can happen. And so, what that basically means is the nervous system doesn't have resources to understand and process everything that's going on. And that can include, for example, if someone is physically hurt, when they're in a, in that experience, if they're physically hurt, sometimes their motor control or their ability to make a movement is taken away from them. Their resources to run away or to fight back have gone offline for some reason or have never been taught to them for some reason. So when the, when the system is overwhelmed, that's when trauma happens at a nervous system perspective, you know, and quite similarly that happens in our psychology as well, right? It, we can't really separate those two things. Psychologically it shows up more as thoughts and emotions, memories, flashbacks, etc. At a physical level it shows up as tension and trembling and shaking, um, changes in body temperature, those sorts of things panic attacks heart rate breathing changes so it's really the overwhelming of our system with too much information and not enough resources to process it which kind of sounds not very human
1: (laughs) yeah yeah um so I'm sure that like everything there are levels to trauma yeah I hope that I'm not going to be saying the wrong thing when I question this, but do you think that most people, if not everyone, has on some level small amounts of trauma that their body is holding on to? I'm not sure if that's the correct way to say it, but it just is inside of the experience.
0: Yeah, I think um, many professionals, whether it's in the psychology space, the medical space, the coaching space, um, will say that not many people have Come out of childhood unscathed on some level mm. um, and it's you know emotional injury and trauma is and again I don't want to sound like I'm saying the wrong thing either, but if we were to compare it physically right we could fall over and scrape our knee and have a graze a physical yeah. graze on our knee or we can have an, an accident falling off our bike and break our arm you know there's there's a spectrum of injury that can happen physically and the same can happen mentally and emotionally with trauma as well. So um, there's some schools of psychology that have like, termed it big T and little t trauma. I think yeah. the important thing is to understand that when we use the word, um, I do hear people sort of have having stressful situations in their life saying it's traumatising and it's like we need to really articulate you know if it's a stress that you have the resources to manage and mitigate and learn from and grow from it's not traumatizing it's just stress and not all stress is trauma right um but yeah a lot of I would say most people have got some sort of trauma within them most probably unconscious if it's you know if if they haven't become aware of it through One of those vehicles we mentioned before, relationships, work, health, um, that sort of stuff. So many people, you know, we're little people at one stage and there's these magical big people we call parents taking care (laughs) of us. And at the end of the day, they're human beings as well that are not superheroes like we think they are. So um, Mm -hmm. most of us as children, for example, will have unmet needs or boundary violations that have no malicious intent behind them but have had a lasting impact because you know perhaps as a five-year-old I didn't have the capacity or the internal resources to see that horror movie that my big brother or sister were watching. do you know like it, it there's all of these little nuances as well now that that tiny amount of trauma may not show up in my life as a big thing but if it plays out over my life as a little pattern there can be a bit of a snowballing effect. So if I've got that one little thing going on when I'm little and then I repeat that pattern over time unconsciously, perhaps by the time I'm 20 or 30 or 40, there's an an anxiety response to something because of something that happened that I was very unaware of when I was little. So, yeah, I think most of us do hold some sort of emotional wounding on some level. energetic wounding on some level within our systems um and perhaps that's part of our journey perhaps perhaps that's part of our journey of healing and coming back into our wholeness and fullness and you know some some wounds are meant to be held you know not not fully ever resolved or you know i think some people think healing is to get rid of that experience but really it's it's some some wounds are bigger that need to be held and some wounds are smaller that we can really work on and overcome and shape and change ourselves for a better beingness and a better tomorrow, if you like.
1: And what are some other the ways that we can um, almost begin that communication with self to safely hold and be with those what feel like wounds?
0: Yeah, I love how you said that, like communicate with ourselves. That's that's really the key, right? Like hearing our internal monologue, like really understanding that we're the observer of that, we're not actually the thoughts that we're thinking, we're observing those thoughts. And having the, having the level of awareness and self-compassion to perhaps interrupt some of those thoughts if they're not supporting or serving us is one way. Understanding our emotions is huge. Like when I talk about regulation, a lot of it, we talk about nervous system regulation, but a big part of that is actually understanding our emotions and building an emotional vocabulary, building emotional literacy, you know, and understanding that our emotions have a a biological nature, they have hormones and chemicals and stuff to them, as well as thoughts and stories as well as feelings and sensations. So if we can tune into our emotions and really like start to identify what they are and how that emotion feels and shows up in our body, what thoughts are associated with it, you know, you've you've started to create a really juicy relationship there, right? You're, you know what you're thinking, you know how it's making you feel and you know your body sensations. Okay, cool, there's a heap of information in that. What do I do with it? You know, what's it asking of me? So, um, helping people really tune into their emotional state is such a great way to build that depth and intimacy of communication with themselves, as well as self awareness, right? The other thing that's really important for people who perhaps have learnt to numb and disassociate a little bit from their emotions is starting to tune into their. Body sensations. Like it sounds really simple. Um, sometimes it's a bit more challenging than what it sounds like, but really being able to tune into their body sensations, like noticing um, when their posture changes, like who are they around, like what's the experience, coming back to that lived experience, what's going on externally around me that's perhaps given me that insight that I've tensed up for some reason. And also, what's going on internally for me? Did I have extra coffee or did I have some something that my body didn't like like there's there's both right internal and external, so tuning into those body sensations and just going, all right what's what's that about? you know And most of us will have an intuitive insight, right There's very mm. general things that are out there about you know where our body stores different. Types of emotions and things like that, but it's really about building your relationship with your body. You know, when do you feel your jaw tensing? When do you feel yourself like holding your breath? Like, what are the conditions that create that response? And how can you then start to shift that response and bring safety into your being in those conditions? Should that, you know, again, outside of extreme conditions. Yeah. So they would be emotions and body sensations would be the two go-tos um, that I would encourage people to really start to listen to. You don't have to really change mm. much or do too much to start with, but just listen to them. Um, and one of the biggest ones is our breath. Like our breath is the one thing that gives us direct access to that autonomic nervous system. very hard unless we go for a run to change our heart rate by thinking about it we can through stressful thoughts of course but our breathing gives us direct access to that peripheral nervous system and so what's really super cool about some of the parts of science is like we know now if we breathe in you know imagine like imagine someone jumping out at halloween and scaring you and being like boop you go, yeah. you know, so you breathe in and you hold your breath like it's a shock response. And so that increases our heart rate. It elevates the stress response in the nervous system. Whereas if we lengthen our exhalation and, you know, how people have that sigh of relief. <sighs> There's neurological mechanisms in the heart and in the brain that say that when we exhale, we can start to downregulate the nervous system. So, again, listening to the breath, really bringing your awareness to the breath is huge, a huge part of building that relationship with yourself as well.
1: That's incredible. I love that. I know that this is very complex, but I love that it usually comes down to the simple things. Like, yeah, being present with your body, watching your mind, uh, breathing, breathing. (laughs) The the thing that we're doing all the time without thinking yep. of it yep. can be so deeply healing. So deeply um, healing, yeah. What I love about this so much is that it. I think that when we allow ourselves to, we can be both the healer and the self receiving that healing. We can be almost both that mothering or that parent energy to ourselves and the child. We can hold ourselves from both capacities. Um, there were so many incredible things that you said uh, that my mind went in so many different directions, but I think just something so beautiful that you mentioned was the intuition that comes when we do ask ourselves those questions or when we do sit with our bodies and really let them speak to us. Um, I think there's not enough emphasis on trusting that that subtle those subtle messages of, of, of intuition. Like I told you the story about I was Googling one day, you know, why so many women that I'm familiar with at least hold so much tension in their hips. Mind you, I'm not a very good like Googler. Some people are, I swear. I'm not. <laughs> if I don't click into something and see the answer in big bold letters in front of me, I'll give up. So I didn't find my answer, but instead I was like, what if I just, Ask myself, and so I was stretching, and I was kind of just my awareness was with my hips. And what's kind of strange about this is sometimes when I do feel quite safe, I'll just be stretching, and in particular my hips, and I will just cry. I, I um, without having a lot of conceptual like labels added on that emotion. Just the movement and opening of my hips brings a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. And so I did sit with that one morning, just curiously, and allowing myself, allowing there not to be any right or wrong about my experience. Because that's when we, when we kind of get really caught up in our heads and we kind of block off the messaging that our body is bringing us. And the answer came. You know, it it was a lot about, for me at least, a lot of sexual repression and trauma. You know, it's weird to say that word now, but sexual trauma held in those areas. And I've explored that a lot. But, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. They're allowing ourselves to, this is kind of what I was saying before, but be both the answer and the question at the same time. Mm We are we hold so much more wisdom than we give ourselves credit for. 100. What are some of the ways you think that we can begin to maybe trust those answers or trust the safety in inquiry?
0: Yeah, and I, I love that you shared that. I think that's a beautiful experience to share, and it's really um quite common that people do have emotional releases when they do body work, it could be massage, stretching, yoga, um, running, those sorts of things as well. Um, Learning to trust your intuition really is about understanding your interoception and your nervous system as well as having, so having that relationship with your your actual body, but also having that relationship with your awareness, that more um, conscious, more spiritual aspect of yourself. Because you know, often our our instinct, people sometimes will um, confuse instinct to intuition. So our instinct can come from our internal gut responses, you know, and that often is fear-based. It's often when we have a gut reaction, like a tension in the gut, mm. often it's the nervous system going into a, a stress response, Right. And it can be sometimes confused with intuition, whereas intuition tends to be less charged. It tends to be very consistent. It tends to be this knowing that comes from somewhere else, but also from within us. Um, yeah. And so I think learning to trust that is a practice. And, you know, whether you're more spiritually inclined or more physically inclined, Get to know that part of you really well first so you know the messages and the signals and then learn the other part. If you know your body really well, know what a fear response is so you don't confuse it with intuition. Know what an excited response is so you don't confuse it with intuition. Um, but really like when you're cultivating intuition, as you will know, is it's allowance. Like you said, take mm-hmm. the wrong or right away from it. That's You know, wrong or right creates judgment. It removes you from that present moment lived experience. You're layering in a whole lot of beliefs and expectations that may or may not even be yours when we put a wrong or right to it. And it's about allowing it to be what it is and trusting it. And if you have to test it a little bit to trust it, feel free to test it a little bit to trust it, you know. So allow yourself to feel and experience what's there. And then if you need to go and do a Google research or ask someone <laughs> professional about it to get a little bit of validation and feedback from it to help build that trust in yourself, do that. You know, and, and ultimately, I know my personal experience with intuition is it's almost blindly trusting it, if you like. Yes, so sorry. <laughs> um it's such a, and I, I've learned that over time because when the intuitive nudges were little, there was a little bit of trust there, and each time I gave that little intuitive nudge, that amount of trust and faith, and usually the action that came from whatever it was telling me, that intuitive, that intuitive um, insight would be bigger and bolder and more clear, and so now it's just like it's there. And there's times where I'm like, really, you want me to do that? All right. <laughs> Logically, it doesn't make sense. But I, I, I know because I trust that every intuitive message forward has given me something that I either really, really wanted or really, really needed that I didn't know that I needed. Like it's,
2: mm.
0: it's always my mind that's taken me in the wrong direction if there is like mean, even that's like even the wrong direction, you're still on yeah. the right path, right? But my intuitive nudges have always given me exactly what I've needed. It's not always been comfortable. you know, having those awarenesses that come through of like, oh my gosh, there's you know repressed trauma in this part of my body. What does that mean? You know that's that's where it's about trusting the feeling and the sensation, trusting what your intuition is sharing with you without trying to make it make sense logically or conceptualise it, like you said, or put labels on it um, and allowing it to be. You know, when we talk about somatic processing, often that emotional response that comes from the movement or the pressure or the touch of a certain part of your, your body is what it needs to start the healing journey you know that awareness permission 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 to be present and permission to move through us you know these like emotions we we want to metabolize them and move them through us it's usually when we attach a story and then we keep running the story that we keep creating the same situation that holds the trauma stuck in our system so to speak so you know that was a bit of a convoluted answer to your question but I think it is about no, it's beautiful allowance and trust ultimately and and do what you need to really learn to trust that yeah you know and I think that the big thing about this that I like to make sure people are aware of is that healing growth intuition all of these beautiful things that we really want to develop more and more often come with the little subtext of often uncomfortable, <laughs> usually some level of discomfort involved, <laughs> and that's okay yeah. as well. Um, you know, so allowance and trust in your intuition to mm. teach you, you know, to share something th- with you.
2: Mm.
1: And I think it's I, um, I've i had a real devotion this year to saying yes to whatever shows up in my human experience. Um, whatever comes and kind of knocks on my door of awareness, I'm like, okay, you can come in, hi. Um, but I think we are we have permission to say this is a bit too much for me right now, like let's just calm it down for a bit and I'll return to some more layers of whatever's happening here when I feel safe and okay to do so yeah um and even just you know saying that out loud giving yourself that permission you don't need to like there's a difference between taking a step into something versus like diving into it and feeling like you're dying because it really can feel that way sometimes
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely yeah absolutely 100 percent. there's you know, in somatic psychotherapy, there's actual practices that teach you to do that, pendulation and titration, which essentially allow you to tap into the trauma and the, the, the dysregulation of that, and then they bring you back out to regulate and create safety again. But it's, it's also true at a, a more macro level, right, is if we're chasing this healing journey, if we go digging for more and more and we don't allow the integration you know, an integration yeah. really is sit with what comes up. <laughs> you know, it's it's not a whole lot more complex than that. In that, it's about sit with what comes up until you understand it, till you've digested it, till you feel safe with what you now know, before digging for mm. some more. Um, yeah, and, and <laughs> unfortunately, I, I do see it quite often. People. Do go digging without the adaptation and the healing part of it, which is the integration. you know i like I liken it to when I used to work with elite athletes you you know they don't train all day every day to become elite athletes. They train a certain small portion of the day, and their progress is actually made with how well they rest, how well they feel their body, how well they recover, you know and so. Our journey is the same you know our our inner journey our healing journey our emotional journey you know even our spiritual expansion you know it's Mm. it's all at the it's all at the pace of nature yeah yeah you can't rush a river you know the river is going to go nice and slow and fluid some days and then maybe after torrential rain it's going to be rushing and And faster, but it's at nature's pace, and our healing is as well. You know, imagine getting a little paper cut. You can't sit there and be like, heal, heal faster, heal faster. (laughs) Like, if I keep cutting you and pulling the scab off, you'll you'll heal quicker. It doesn't work. Um, Your body will naturally heal it in its own good time based on how well you nourish it, how well you rest, how well you eat all of those sorts of things. So it's about allowing the layers to come up and come off and then sitting with yourself in that new awareness with that new level Mm -hmm. of understanding. And sometimes that might mean getting additional support because it is quite overwhelming or traumatic information that you might become aware of. And sometimes it might open you up to a a deeper level of self-acceptance and self-belief and self-trust you know and whichever it is it's about allowing that to be there with you and really become a part of your fabric if you like until the next intuitive nudge comes along and says or your body comes along and says hey there's this thing there's this niggle there's this Journey that we have to go on, and it's about uncovering the next layer, you know. So yeah. it really is about allowing, allowing yourself to be and work and evolve at the pace of your innate nature. Yeah. You know, and in, in the performance, and that process, can be. Can that.
1: Sorry, I can't. I don't know um, if there's a delay, but I, I, I'm sorry for cutting you off. Again. No, no, that's all right. <laughs> um, That can be really difficult to let ourselves go at our own pace um when we're taught from so many various different spaces and environments that we need to go really quickly that that our worth is determined not just by our speed but you know our our output Mm. just this yeah um I was thinking about this recently about my journey with business and You know, we we categorize our lives into these different places. But my journey with business is just my journey of me (laughs) because it's in my experience.
2: Um
1: but I I really I was looking outside of myself at the speed at which other people were going or the things that they were doing so effortlessly that felt incredibly unsafe and difficult to me. Yet at the same time seeing some of these things as right for me, as, as on my path. Um, and I'm trying to think if I can make this more clear. 2019, Girl and Her Moon became a business. And at that point, this is something I was saying to you, at that point I was receiving podcast interviews. And even just opening the message or opening the email, my body would go into this complete freak out. Everything in my body said, unsafe, <laughs> you're dying, run, disappear, everything. Yes. Yeah, Funnily tough. enough, the thing that would, yeah, the thing that would really calm me down was being in water. So I don't know, maybe that could be helpful for someone, but being in water was really, really healing just in those hyped up moments. But allowing myself to say no because it was too much. And then begin to move at my own pace, regardless of what it looked like other people were doing and the pace that they were moving at. Allowed me to arrive here with a podcast (laughs) in my (laughs) own time, and it couldn't have happened any quicker. No matter how much we love to speed things and force things and make them happen as we desire.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that experience and your awareness of your journey in that. Like it's, um, it's so true in our modern world we're looking outside of ourselves to try and keep up with you know and it's it's Mm. what the buddhist sort of uh, identified as suffering is that we're either in this place of craving what we don't have or um averting what we don't like (laughs) that we do have you know and again it's it's about being able to then turn inwards and go all right what's true for me you know, like you you said, you knew that those invitations and those podcasts were part of your journey, but it was about resourcing yourself so you did feel safe and empowered as well. It's not, I mean, safety is a huge part of it, but it's also to feel empowered of where you can say yes and when you can say no. You know, it's having those resources. It's It's what we call in the somatic psychology space is, Resourcing ourselves internally through self talk, absolutely, through our own boundaries and giving ourselves permission to say yes to something that might be a little bit scary but exciting, and also no to something that's just too much right now. Like, yes, I'd like to do it. Yes, I see all of these other people doing it. But right now, I in- innately know that it's not the scary excitement that I'm avoiding, it's mm-hmm. that it's too much. You know, and learning those little subtle gears within our system, within our nervous system, within our energetic systems is so, so important. So we don't go into that overwhelm and burnout, which many people do because they're living above the body. They're not actually listening to their body, you know, and if they are listening to their body because their body's screaming at them with, you know, whatever it might be, gut issues, you know, blood pressure issues. Often they're still trying to fit into the world and the world's pace around them and medicating and further disconnecting from their body. So, you know, there's a, there's a, it's actually a saying that they say, I think in the military, it comes from the SAS, is smooth, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And it's essentially saying, find your pace so your journey is as smooth as it can be because you'll get to where you need to go quicker based on your innate nature and the nature of the evolution of your business and your relationships and that sort of stuff so it's a it's a big 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 lesson for people to learn and it's challenging like it really is challenging we have this thing called comparisonitis and um you know we do have we do feel like we're missing out if we're not keeping up um, and that in itself is a very primitive innate survival mechanism so understanding that These are just old survival instincts and being able to use the newer parts of our brain to say, actually, I'm okay. It's okay for me to go at this pace because the deeper primitive parts of our brain are saying, well, if you don't keep up, you're going to be the weak one of the the gang or the tribe or the community, which means Mm. saber-toothed tiger is going to eat you, you know, its imminent death. (laughs) Um, So it's about really... Understanding what's going on internally for you, what your nervous system saying to you, what your emotions and your thoughts are saying to you, because they're offshoots of a, a nervous system state. And then being able to actually, you know, again, trust yourself and acknowledge the nuances within yourself to say, I need an internal resource which is a no boundary. No, not yet, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure. Or yes, yes, but not now, yes, let's go now. Like these are all, this is a whole, you know, what, what's there, maybe seven different little boundaries, little tools that you have there and being okay with using them in a way that makes you feel, like you said, safe but also open and like you're moving forward in your way and yeah. in your time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's true, like we we live in a really fast-paced world now. We've got, you know, Instagram feeds, you know, activating our brain at crazy speeds, like neurons are firing all over the place. We've got traffic and business and marketing and noise and, you know, life is a lot, you know, life is a lot and it's overwhelming at the moment for a lot of people because of the pace of life after the, the last two years. You know, it's becoming that it's a bit too much for the system to regulate um, and so it's about learning your rhythm. Like what does your innate rhythm say to you in terms of flow and ease and I realise that those words have been overused to the nth degree, but flow and ease but progress as well because we need progress. We need growth to f- to make us feel fulfilled, to help us feel fulfilled. So. Mm-hmm. It's about finding your rhythm and sometimes you're going to be beating the drums a bit too hard and fast and sometimes it's going to be a bit too slow but you'll find your gears, right? And I think the message that I would suggest to most people is like play with that, learn your own rhythms, learn what feels good for you and nourishing for you and and works within the environments that you're in, you know, so you can do what you love and be who you want to be and be well and healthy at the same time in that space you know especially for women I think we have our our own monthly inner rhythms our own inner cycles and if we can attune to the phases of our our own menstrual cycles for example and you know the moon phases like it it all influences us right like we had that conversation the other week like as above so below it's a reflection you know we Mm much like it's not about blaming mercury retrograde it's not not (laughs) about blaming your nervous system it's about going all right what are you reflecting back at me that's already within me you know Mm -hmm. and tuning into your own rhythms is really important and I think that's a gift that women actually have we have these superpowers in each different phase of of the month and um if we can tap into that we're going to find the places that we're slow and paced and healing and softening and then we're going to find the places in that month where we're like yes let's go let's get stuff done you know so it's about coming back to that like you said about intuition like learning to trust
2: you know mm-hmm. learning
0: to trust in your pace learning to trust in what actually moves you forward more or faster because it's your version of smooth
1: that was very cool, but you um all of that. But the, the saying that you reflected from the military.
0: That was very cool. Yes, yeah. smooth it. and smooth as fast. I always I always have that in my brain when I feel like I'm you know, there's days with all the tools and resources I have, I'm still human. There's days where <laughs> I've just course. got too many tabs open in my brain and it's like mm. I've got to do all of these things and I'm rushing around doing absolutely nothing. Except for (laughs) watching between all of the things. And I'm like,
2: flow
0: is smooth, smooth is fast. Marissa, tap into that. (laughs) You know, and it comes back to focus. Focus is a superpower in our very fast-paced modern-day life as well. Oh, yeah.
1: Gosh, yeah. That's amazing. There was something that you mentioned um, as Above, So Below. We were talking about a little bit about the nervous system being almost like a connection point when we're talking about a more spiritual experience i would love to explore this with you
0: yeah well i see i see our nervous system as like an antenna right so if you think about that purely through our five senses our five main senses like vision smell sound all of you know main senses we also have our intuitive sense our sense of intuition we have our um interoception as a sense of awareness. We have lots of levels of awareness, but ultimately the nervous system is like the antenna that dials us into all of these delicious, good informations, right, information data points. <laughs> um, and interestingly, like, for example, vision, we have, we, as humans, we see in a certain range of visual frequency. But the range of frequency that actually exists in the visual spectrum is, you know, from ultra, ultraviolet to infrared. Now, the human eye doesn't see those extremes. Mm. We only see a certain amount. And so our nervous system is really like the antenna that's tuning into all of this energetic information, these, these frequencies, if you like, sound frequencies, visual frequencies, um, sensing, knowing. You know thought frequencies mm. thoughts are essentially little you know neurons talking to each other, creating electrical signals. this all emits a frequency we have an electromagnetic frequency ourselves, and so our nervous system is really like the interface between our internal workings inside our body and nature and life, the universe, if you like, you know so we're it's there's just so much it's it's amazing, like we know. The Heart Math Institute's done a lot of work around the heart as an organ having its own, um, like, neuro, neurons and its own little, it's not really a brain, but like a mini brain having more of an electromagnetic field than our actual ah. brain, for example. So we're often, you know, and our intuition is tied up in this in different ways. Like, we're always sending and receiving information out into our environment. You know, and the easiest way to think about that is, if you're listening to this podcast, you're hearing our voices through sound waves. We <laughs> we haven't jumped into their brains and typed it in like it's through <laughs> sound waves. It's through energy frequency, and we've our our humanness has created technologies to pick up on that, which is really cool. Um, and so, using our nervous system to start to tune in like a radio station to the frequencies that are around us to receive that information is really important. You know, I think we're equipped with, you know, sight and smell and all of those sorts of things to a degree, but we can create practices to enhance that um, connection with life, with energy, with source or nature or the universe, like whatever it is that describes that great mystery to you, Mm. we can tune into that. So. Our experiences spiritually are exactly that. They're experiences. They're lived experiences. They're not beliefs that we want to believe are true. And I'll share a little story if you're open to it about that. Yeah. Um, A couple of years ago, it's going to start sad, a couple of years ago, my (laughs) beautiful indie dog who I'd had for 11 years, She she was my baby, she was my fur child, she passed away naturally, at home. And the the year or two leading up to that, I was doing a lot of deep diving into shadow work, um, spiritual philosophy, especially around the shamanic principles, um, Jungian psychology, all of that sort of thing. And I had over time cultivated a great deal of wonderful beliefs. (laughs) And they they were beliefs. I believed them. They were stories that I'd told myself enough and researched enough that I held to be true and real. Mm. The night that Indy passed away, I was standing in my doorway to go to my bed, to, to go to bed. It was like 11, 10, 30, 11. And there was something that was stopping me walking into the bedroom, like physically stopping me walking to the bedroom. I was trying to push myself against the door jam to get into my bedroom. And I, in my brain, in my head, I heard this thundering voice that was very, it was ancient but almost, it was super loud but very compassionate. Like I, I, can't, I can't even explain it but it was like you can't sleep in there tonight. Don't go to bed. And it was like just this spiritual experience, right? It was an experience and I was like, whew, what was that (laughs) and I'm like okay and again it was just trusting it was different to my intuitive voice different Mm -hmm. a different knowing to the intuitive voice so I grabbed my like as soon as I acknowledged that I was able to walk into my bedroom grabbed my pillow grabbed my doona a couple of weeks prior I knew the dog wasn't super well but we couldn't like vets couldn't really figure out what was going on she was old all that stuff So I put my stuff next to her bed and I laid and patted her and was just talking to her. And eventually, you know, long story short, eventually she passed. I was with her as she took her last breaths. Now, after that, there was a whole lot of other stuff that came up for me. There was guilt trauma of, like, I should have done more, I was supposed to save her, all of this sort of thing. But from a spiritual aspect, there there were just these really – very obvious experiences that I had that challenged those beliefs that I'd constructed and it it was really about are you going to believe the stories that you made up based on the information and the knowledge that you developed or are you going to believe in this spiritual experience that you had and it was like it challenged me challenged me for months <laughs> it challenged I had always thought I'm a very spiritual person I'm very open I believe in all of these things and then when I mm-hmm. started to have these bigger more profound spiritual experiences they they cracked those beliefs open and I had to start to believe in my experience I had to yeah. start believing in the auditory sound of that voice that no one else in if there was anyone else there which there wasn't would not have heard it because it was for me you know so I had to start to believe in this lived experience and that challenged me in ways that you know teachings and learnings and all of that sort of stuff that you go looking for haven't and it was beautiful because it really started to connect me in properly with how intelligent nature and the universe really is and how we're always in communication with it we're Mm -hmm. always receiving and sending information out you know we talk about vibes and energy and all of that sort of stuff and you know the way we receive information comes through our filters so you know for me it came through a voice that was in English now if I was a French person perhaps it would have been in a French voice Um, that's not to say the universe is English or French for example it's (laughs) that's the filtration system it came in through my system through so um, I think being able to start to work with the nervous system in ways where you can expand your awareness to connect in with that more spiritual information and also Mm. understand better understand your influence and your impact into the spiritual space or that collective energy space or the collective consciousness space is super important and for me it was about tuning into the felt sense and starting to work with feeling and sensing the energy in and around the body
2: yeah
0: like there's there's the old trick where I don't know if you did it at primary school where people do this and you'd feel the energy build up
2: mm-hmm. You know,
0: so you can play with these sorts of things and it's about trusting what you start to feel you know we talk about mm-hmm. heat building up people say it's heat electromagnetic energy of course it is but it's energy right <laughs> <That is laughs> energy. <everything. laughs> um, and so the more you can develop those skills and that broadened bandwidth the more connected that you will feel the more connected that you'll feel to earth and nature and to a mm. spiritual experience or your energetic systems and your spiritual experience so yeah and it, it's like it's a beautiful experience because you all of a sudden never not feel connected yeah you know, and you, you don't realize. feel like
2: you have to do everything on your own
0: yeah yeah Yeah, and so that's that's how I sort of interpret the nervous system at a more holistic level. Is that it is like an antenna, just constantly in communication with life and nature and the world. And I think we spoke about it last time as well. Like some people don't consider themselves spiritual, and it's and that's okay. Like that's their belief systems, and it's not to say that they're not spiritual beings. They're just not their belief systems and their humanness perhaps hasn't created the consciousness and the relationship with that part of themselves, you know, and working with the nervous systems quite the same. Like we can't always go into blaming the nervous system for being dysregulated in a certain situation and then linking it back to trauma. It's actually just part of our whole organism. You know, we are spiritual, we have a nervous system, we have emotions, we have thoughts. You know, we have all of these things that make us a whole human being and really it's our level of consciousness and the relationship we've built with each part of ourselves, with each aspect of ourselves that really matters the most to healing and and bringing us back to that whole grounded, anchored self. You know, have you got a great relationship with your thoughts? Have you got a great relationship with your emotions? Do you have a great relationship with your body? Do you know how your body speaks to you through, you know, nervous system responses? Have you got a relationship with nature? Can you feel the pulse of the earth if you stand bare feet on the ground? You know, like you have access to all of that should you choose to want to cultivate the awareness and the relationship with it.
2: Yeah, was so great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that
1: story. I was getting really, really crazy goosebumps when you were speaking about that voice as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, it was surreal. Like the whole couple of weeks in and around it was just like, whoa.
2: <laughs> mm,
0: great it's incredible, and,
1: and such a great message to really um you know, we, we all experience so many things different differently and then express those into different teachings or, you know, the way that we share it with the world. Um, but we should too, how should I say this? Their experience can still be valid and true and real mm-hmm. and it can be completely opposite to ours, which is also valid and real and true. Yes. And so it it really is about... Whose experience am I going to
0: trust, one that
1: I haven't actually experienced, or this thing that I'm living inside of? Yeah So that, that yeah,
0: thank you for sharing that. I think that's a beautiful um, way to articulate it, you know, and it is it's about it's where I think relationship dynamics can get complex, right? it's it's about building the capacity to trust your experience, but also have the openness to allow Another to experience something different
2: mm.
0: you know, and that's that's where all of the juiciness comes from I think
2: oh, I've
1: loved this so much. I wanted to um kind of close this off with some healing tools and practices, and I think that a lot of them have been mentioned along the way, but I think just bringing it together, just some small steps or not even. They can be physical steps or they can be just perspectives to open to and ponder on. But really um I was going to say like regulating the nervous system but that almost feels like it's cutting off 90% of our conversation if I do say that, to, to return to self, I suppose.
0: Yeah, there's so many. I think, I mean, regulating the nervous system is a good foundation to come back to right Mm. there's a there's a somatic practice which is a really I like to start this with people because it gives them an idea a very foundational idea of where their nervous system state tends to be and I don't know if you want to actually try it you can try it if you want if you've got space to either sit up just sit up or stand up it's up to you and what I would get, what I usually get people to do is close their eyes for about 20 seconds and we won't do it for the whole 20 seconds. Um, standing is usually a better way to do it because if you can, you, have you got space there to stand up with your headphones and stuff? I can.
1: I just need to up my table
0: thingy. Oh, yeah. It's a bit slow. <laughs> <laughs> slow is smooth. <laughs> it is. Yes. <laughs> okay we're standing so this is this is basically just a posture assessment right and it gives you an idea of the state of your nervous system and i'll explain to you in a minute why so if you feel safe that you're not going to topple over or anything with your eyes closed you can close your eyes if not you can just pick a spot on the wall that seems is seemingly innocuous and just take a moment to connect in with your natural breathing rhythm You're not changing your breathing, you're just allowing yourself to observe how you're currently breathing for two or three breaths.
2: Now I'm going
0: to get you to feel into your posture, feel into your body, and if you were to describe yourself as feeling grounded centered and upright forward leaning or backward leaning what resonates most with you right now
2: i think i'm leaning a bit towards
0: you so a bit forward a bit forward leaning yeah so if you think of a stressful experience real or imagined it doesn't matter do you go more into a forward-leaning or a backward-leaning <laughs> space?
1: I very obviously went backwards. Backwards. I could literally yeah. feel myself going into my heels.
0: Yeah, awesome. So this is, a, this is about really understanding how your nervous system is changing your position and your, based on your state. Now, for some people, it's, it's different for everyone. This is not a cookie-cutter approach. For some people who, and I would, I'm going to go out on a limb here, based on your response would say in Mm -hmm. stressful and overwhelming situations you're more inclined to retreat or run away Mm (laughs) as opposed to front up and fight yeah now Mm -hmm. if if you are more of a fight or flight kind of creature if you got to imagine a stressful state you would probably lean forward yeah so this is this is a little bit of a an insight into nervous system the nervous system mapping I do with people is to help them understand what their body is doing in response to different nervous system states so using that tool gives you a little bit of self-awareness and insight if you think of a happy thought your cat for example and you were to stand up like where would your body go in that state if you were to think of that so It's a really simple tool. Think of a stressful situation, a neutral situation that doesn't really mean too much to you and a really loving situation and just see if you are retreating, if you're leaning in, if you're wanting to fight or if you feel centred and grounded. Um, So that in itself can give you a whole lot of information and feedback and you can use that as a way to calm and regulate your nervous system in a very simple state. So for example, you might have a stressful thing that you're focusing on for work or um, relationships or life, what have you, and you feel like you're stressed. So what you can do is find yourself in a really grounded, centered, either seated or standing position and allow yourself to think about the stressful situation while maintaining your groundedness and your centeredness until that stressful situation's charge if you like starts to soften. So this is one one tool you can start to use to learn about your body a little bit more. That's incredible. (laughs) Um just to
1: explain that was the dog in the background.
0: That was the dog. (laughs) Lenny, you want to say hello to the people on the podcast? Can you see him? Lenny.
2: Yes, hello. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's adorable. Uh,
0: um, so that's one I, way. The other way, there's two other ways that I love to give people as tools. One is the breath. Now, without going into too much of deep breath work practices and philosophies and things like that, if you're feeling lethargic, not motivated, and you really want to do something and get yourself active, you can start to take some more intense inhalation-based breaths. So, Mm. So you're really firing up your system. If you feel overwhelmed, stressed a little bit too much, lengthen the exhale. So you're simply simple tools working with the inhale to activate and arouse your system, working with the exhale to soften and relax the system.
1: You know what I think is so incredible about all of this is that it highlights how fluid the body is. I think I said to you recently I'm starting to see my body more as like water rather than this fixed, almost earthly, stable, not not stable but just an unchanging thing. I can see how it's constantly moving even just my posture, I'm amazed at that. That was really, really cool. Yeah. But even when, I think we've, we've said this, but even when, you know, there's an ache in the body, that isn't like I'm noticing how quickly and how interlinked my emotional state and my body is. And they change so quickly. Yeah, It, it blows my mind how fluid the body it is it? it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't even find words.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that, that is our true state—is constant change, much like the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, as, from what we know of the universe, is constantly expanding. You know, we might see our body and our and the Earth even as solid, but it's constantly breathing and expanding. The Earth itself breathes. There was a beautiful image on um, James Nestor's Instagram the other day, who's a breathwork practitioner and author the earth breathing you know and so we are in this constant state of birth death rebirth change growth and evolution and our resistance to that is where we come into conflict and struggle mm. and stress. our ability to tune into that dynamic fluid state of our body and our emotions is where we actually do find progress and growth and freedom joy and liberation Um, And the the cool thing about emotions, I'm a bit of a geek on emotional stuff, is that we can metabolise the the biochemistry like the enzymes, the hormones and the peptides of emotions within minutes if we allow ourselves to connect in with our emotions and allow them to process and move through us.
1: That's right. I remember you saying something like (laughs) Yeah, I remember you saying something like this last time we spoke and I was totally mind-blown. So was it an emotion, the the body can metabolise an emotion within was it three minutes or something yeah, like,
0: like that? Yeah, about 90 seconds to three minutes.
1: Uh, and you yeah. think of how long we usually feel something. It's generally quite a
0: bit longer than that. Yeah, yeah. And it's often because we're not connected to it intimately. It's there. Mm. There's perhaps subconscious thoughts and stories going on. There's perhaps conscious narratives and stories going on. Perhaps we have disassociated from the experience of it because it feels too much or the idea of feeling something like sadness, for example, feels too scary. You know, I often hear people say I don't want to feel sad because I'm scared that I'll get stuck in it. I'm scared that I'll never be happy again. And so that story starts to run and keeps us from Mm -hmm. actually feeling and processing sadness which counterintuitive to our thinking continues the neural circuitry of creating the story of sadness so it's there until we feel it so we can you know and it I mean that's that's the technical stuff around it it's we still are human and often Mm -hmm. we're not you know most of the time we're not privy to our unconscious thoughts if we're not connected to our body as well you know we don't always know our Unco- well, we don't know our unconscious thoughts, but if we're connected to our felt senses, we can start to understand what's going on subconsciously a little bit more and we can start mm. to process that. You know, so agitation, like what does agitation invite you to do with your body? It invites you to move and shake it off. Like, honor that the best you can. Mm. Yeah. We're such interesting beings, aren't we? We're so amazing. So many layers. We're so there's so much complexity and we're so innately wise and intelligent, but we think that the conscious thoughts that we think is our level of intelligence. It's like the the Mm. five percent tip of the iceberg. There's like there's so much wisdom to access if we can really dial into that felt sense, our sensory systems, our our awareness, you know, with all of the science and research that we have in the world, across all industries psychology neuroscience medical we still have not found where consciousness comes from you know different to the thinking conscious thinking brain yeah you know there's still not a place that we've found that consciousness comes from which is our our experience of our spiritual self or our lived experience of life and it's like start to build a relationship with it because we know it's there because here we Mm. are (laughs) You know, so yeah, we are—we're innately wise, and we've got so many tools within us to help us regulate and heal. And really, like our whole organism is designed to be well, to keep us mm. alive, to keep us reproducing, to keep us to be well. Like it's—it's it's constantly trying to bring us back into wellness and safety. Um, and sometimes it, you know, it misses the mark with these dysregulation experiences, but. You know, these things that we try and get rid of in ourselves feeling anxious or overwhelmed or procrastinating, it's actually your nervous system doing its job, but it's about you Mm -hmm. now building a relationship with that to help it, you know, do its job even better, you know, to reassure it if it doesn't need to freak out around all of the email invites or um, build a no boundary (laughs) if it is too much. You know, that's if we can come into relationship, right relationship with all of our experiences, the good, the bad and everything in between, you know, we're gonna be able to access that wisdom. You know, and that's I don't know, that's exciting in my world. (laughs) It's
1: so exciting. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Ah, this has been so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of you, your energy, your, what excites you, your wisdom, your experience with me and with anyone
0: who's listening. It's such a gift. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I could talk about this stuff all day. So it was my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: isn't it, it's such a joy to be around people when they are in the experience of something that they're passionate about. Like you can't help but feel that excitement. So it's a real gift to me. So if people would love to connect with you, where can they find you?
0: Um, Instagram, <laughs> like everyone. <laughs> um, so Instagram, yeah. I have a website which I'm currently updating at the moment to fit where I'm at now in my business. Mm-hmm. Um, my website is just integrativecoach.com.au. My Instagram mm-hmm. is marisajane.integrativecoach. So they're the two places. And, you know, my yeah. phone number and email address is off those two sites, so people can reach me Beautiful. thank you for
1: sharing we'll put those in the show notes and
0: that sounds like such
1: a professional podcast <laughs>
0: <I love it. laughs> thank, thank you <laughs> cool
2: well, awesome. thank you so much again
0: you're very welcome thanks for your time it's great to chat